If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hi. Everyone calls me Rasputin. But you can call me Raz, and I'm here to welcome you to the Xbox Unlocked podcast, the world's number one Xbox podcast. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Podcast Unlocked, episode 510 for September 7th, 2021. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined by my friends Miranda Sanchez. Hi, hello. I'm back. Good to have you back. And Destin Legary, about to be gone. Bam! Hey, everybody. We're gonna miss you for the next month, my friend. Yeah, I'm going back on paternity leave for a month. So, yeah, not going anywhere. <laughs> just going paternity leave. Yeah, just just uh, gotta tend to the family, have some good. You gotta clarify time. that at the front, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's you never know what you're gonna get on this show. That's part of the fun. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, we are have a lot to talk about this week, starting with something that I totally forgot about last week, mostly because Miranda wasn't here and I, was, and I had it in my head. Well, I can't talk about this without Miranda. So she is back. And so we must speak of the latest major Xbox Game Studios release, that being Psychonauts 2. Miranda, uh, how much fun are you having with this video game? It's such a delight. I just feel so refreshed when I play this game. Uh, so... I know we all have those moments when you really connect with a game and you just like feel so happy to be back in that game. You're like, oh, when am I going to be done with this so I can go play? That's how I feel about Psychonauts 2. Um, I've been taking it a little bit of a different path since I did do the preview. And that preview got me... I played so much, guys. I played so much in that preview, which is fantastic. Um, But that also meant that in the second playthrough, I wanted to kind of give myself a little bit of a space just because I just played through it and I had to like blast through it. It's kind of a different experience. Um, so now going through with Psychonauts 2 again and with a full release, I've really been taking my time and I'm trying to 100% everything. So nice. um, just to clarify, too, if you are just getting into this game, you can't actually get everything right off the bat because you have to revisit levels with later powers. Uh, so what I do is I essentially sweep a level with as much as I can because I just really want to start unlocking things and getting like max abilities and all that good stuff. Uh, so that way, whenever I do go back, it'll be a lot simpler. But in the meantime, it's just 
almost sad if you don't explore everything because there's so many just like little gems of like quips and phrases from just random npcs everywhere everything is so funny uh the characters are like you know of course the characters are playing as and like the primary characters are really reactive but also the just random office npcs and people around the world it's just so cool to hear what they have to say about weird things um also you can kind of like see into people's mind's eye if you guys don't know much about psychonauts of course you have uh, psychic powers and there's a variety of them and one of them lets you see someone's perspective and how they view raz and the other people around them and it changes so much and it's so cool to see that little extra detail like oh somebody uses use him as like the next version of this character or he looks like an egg i don't know or like, like a little baby chick and so because like someone who's like a mentor and trying to like make sure raz is safe and it's cool to see that perspective it's just again another added detail upon layered and layers and layers of details in psychonauts too it is a constant joy it is so funny and so far it's probably my favorite game i've played this year um which is saying a lot i mean i've played a lot of games this year and i guess there's not been as many like big smash hits and there's there's more i want to play but so far like this is the biggest contender for my game of the year so far you um, you are hardly the first person to say that in the yeah. in the games media space or just in the general gaming community it is uh it is going over i mean i have to imagine i can't i don't know if uh double fine surprised or not but they, they've got to be on cloud nine they've got to be thrilled with the reaction so far yeah, and I'm just grateful that this game happened because I, I played Psychonauts uh, earlier this year, just the first one, just sort of get a feel for the game and to kind of get ready for this release finally coming happy or finally coming out because we've been waiting for it for a long time. Um, and it definitely felt dated, but the imaginative design and just like the funny, I guess, sort of like weird drama they sort of pair with their comedy just works so well and seeing that come to life again in psychonauts 2 which is like of course a modern version of that with all the imagination all the really clever design and it also like says a lot of things like it has something to say about like a lot of emotions and mental health and other things like believing in yourself and responsibility and all these other things as well uh and just such a poignant way that doesn't ever feel like it's talking down to the players it is just really wonderful. So I agree, Ryan. I'm sure they're, I hope they're happy because they did a fantastic job with what I've played so far, of course. I'm not at the end, um, but I will get there, of course. So <laughs> yeah, as the as on cue, the construction resumes outside right as we press record on the podcast. So pardon my uh, noise in the in, the, in your micro in your earphone if uh, if that's the case. But um, yeah, I believe correct me if I'm wrong, Miranda. I think Eric Walpaw co-wrote this script with Tim Schafer and Eric, of course, being most famous for having uh, co-written, uh, or he may have been, been the main writer on Portal 2. So that gives you an idea of, of the, the, the resume of this particular gentleman and the talent involved. So it's no surprise to hear that the script is, that the story is, is that layered and that just wonderful to experience. I'm, I'm only about probably three or four hours in myself, but I'm having also just a phenomenal time with it. I just I feel like, and I'm going to go to Destin here in a second. I, I feel like it's, it's almost like a throwback in a way. I feel like we just don't get a lot of games like this anymore in this. And I don't even quite know how to put my finger on it. Like mm. we, we get plenty of great platformers. I mean, my uh, probably personal front runner for game of the year at the moment is probably Ratchet and Clank on the PS5. I'm completely enamored with that game. 
And and so sure, we get good quality platformers, but there's something I don't know. There's something else going on with Psychonauts too that I that I can't quite quantify. But it just feels kind of old school, but also just uh, in a way that's fresh because we don't get things like that anymore. Am I Miranda? Am I making any sense to you as somebody no. who's also playing this game? Absolutely. Like I hear what you're saying. It's it's like that adventure platformer feel. Um, I always liken it to games that I played when I was a kid and like varying quality of games. A lot of times I, I liken this to sort of like Battle for Bikini Bottom, right? There's a lot of things to collect. It's very open in these levels. It's very colorful uh, and it's just fun. Like there's a very big focus on finding things and what those things do vary. And of course, their importance and how well they're designed vary across games. And I think that's what you see with Psychonauts. Like, of course, you have the figments that are just everywhere. And yeah. then you have like all these other certain upgrades in which you can find a lot of this information on our guide. Uh, Psychonauts 2 guide on, on IGN. Just just throwing that out there. But um, it, it's exactly that. And I think that humor that it has, too, is just iconic to some of those games where they're just a little bit more fun. I mean, that's it, right? It's just it's sort of a fun goofy platformer that doesn't mean it can't have something to say it's just a it's sort of style in its tone that is evocative of some of those older games destin how about you have you had a chance to spend much time with psychonauts yet and and where are you walking in with it yeah so i played the intro you know the t thing that we're looking at right now and uh i got to like the the main area and the stuff that really stood out to me was just how smooth the combat was and how the powers like immediately start building up upon each other. I really, really enjoyed that aspect and also how they take you through just the platforming basics. And I'm watching in this footage how those things compound as abilities start to unlock. So it has me excited about, you know, what the rest of the game has in store. Yeah, I'm pretty early on, but I was very impressed by how they've taken Psychonauts and added a lot of polish and new combat things and new traversal items to the game to make it a little, I don't know, modern for lack of a better word. I yeah. know I said it twice, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, just, I guess, before we move on to our next topic, I, the, the final point I'd want to make on Psychonauts 2 is what a road for this game. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's something that, you know, the first one was 16 years ago is when, when it had come out. And the first one went through kind of the ringer in its development cycle. It was originally uh, signed as an, a first-party Microsoft exclusive for the original Xbox. Microsoft ended up dropping the game. It kind of languished for a little bit, and then Majesco picked it up, and it did end up coming out as an original Xbox exclusive in 2005. And then, you know, time went on, and it, it kind of, as I recall, I, I don't, can't say this definitively. As I recall, it didn't sell great at the time. Uh, definitely critically appreciated, uh, got a lot of love. And then over time, it kind of built up that cult status of like, all right, let's, the second one would be amazing. Could there ever be a second one? You guys remember, uh, remember Notch? <laughs> you know, the, the, the Minecraft guy who at one point said he would fund Psychonauts 2, and uh, that didn't, never came to fruition. But then, they, they crowdfunded it uh, through Fig, and it's been a long road. And Microsoft bought <laughs> bought the studio in the meantime, and and now it's come full circle where Microsoft, who originally signed but never published the original, picks up the the studio and thus the sequel and and push, puts it out at the end. So <laughs> kind of a poetic, just a wonderful poetic conclusion 
the story. And just kudos to to Tim Schaefer and everybody on the Double Fine team because they just did a tremendous job with this game. And I'm I'm having a great time going through it. And like you, Miranda, I'm I'm taking my time. I'm not rushing this thing. Uh, I'm just just sort of savoring it as I go. So everybody should play it. It's on Xbox Game Pass. You don't have an excuse. Jump in, try it out, see what you think. Next, it's the Miranda show this week. As uh, we welcome her back because Miranda. Next up, you are the one person in the IGN US office to have gotten some hands-on time with Call of Duty Vanguard multiplayer, uh, a game that has the, the reaction hasn't been great, uh, which I think is more just about going back to the World War II setting than anything else. From what I can see on just scraping the top level of YouTube comments, but actually playing the multiplayer. Uh, you've got a preview on IGN, which I hope everybody will go either read and or watch on either IGN or our YouTube channel. But uh, what did you think, Miranda? Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's a, a pretty telling first comment for this. It was a bit rough. Um, graphically, not quite where I thought it would be, but of course it is a beta, so I do try to sort of reserve my comments on those sorts of things, just because, like, oh, things are going to change, stuff will happen, or I guess maybe a beta uh, build. I'm not too sure exactly which build we played as part of this preview event, but I'm assuming it's going to be the same, or if at least similar to the one that's about to be in the public beta on September 10th. Uh, the weapons were all fine, like, everything, it feels like Call of Duty... On, like that's kind of just the baseline you expect right and it's kind of looking at everything else as like what else are you putting around this version this time to make it feel unique or important or special um so I, let's talk about the new things first because i think that's the most notable so let's talk about combat pacing which is a new filter they're adding to multiplayer so there are three i believe it's tactical assault and blitz and the big one they really focused on with us was blitz which is what it essentially does is push the map count and player count to the limits. So not map count, but the player count on the maps to the limit. So uh, for instance, I think we did a 48 player on this one objective base map. Uh, I think Blitz works well with like Kill Confirmed or Team Deathmatch or just something that gets you really excited. Just go run and gun. Like the, Just the chaos there is is a lot. And whenever you have to do something, say objective base, like one that they introduce is called Patrol, I did not like this mode. I thought it was sort of goofy, and that's it's what I framed it in my preview. Uh, it is this one zone that moves around the map, so it's very domination-esque, and you just have to follow it, and whoever's in the zone gets points. Whoever's not in the zone, of course, doesn't get points, and then if there are two people in the zone, it's contested. But, like, not even kidding, it just slowly moves around the whole map. So you are just throwing your body at just like hoping to stay in it to get some some points. And so when you pair this with like Blitz, which of course these filters are optional, but in what we are playing, it was not optional. Uh, if you are trying to go for the zone, you're basically just throwing your body. You're just sacrificing yourself over and over and over to try and get points for your team because there's so many people in this game. Like your entire team could not fit in the zone, which is like, you know, 24 people. So that, that's a lot of people. The zone's really small. And so after a point, I kind of noticed myself and other people maybe getting a little tired of doing that because people just stop, stop going after that and just like flanking and instead just like taking out enemies and getting just crazy kill streaks. So this is kill streaks, not score streaks. So that's even more of an incentive to not go for the zone because it's like, oh man, I could be 
you know, not mowed down and just go run around and go get my kill streaks up. And, you know, in turn, you are helping your team because you're clearing out enemies, but the respawns are so fast and it doesn't really matter. So it's just like this weird loop of chaos. And and the PR team were very much like, oh, you know, like patrol is going to introduce a different kind of meta. And like, you're going to have to play differently. And I'm like, but does Call of Duty need that? Do we really want that in our multiplayer? Uh, but of course, this is just a mode. So, you know, if, when I go to it eventually, I just won't play this. That's fine. I just won't play patrol if I have the choice. <laughs> um, as far as the maps go, too, I was a little on the fence about them. There are two that I liked well enough, two that I just never want to touch again. The game is launching with 20 maps, so hopefully those will... A lot. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. So hopefully that means it won't be as much of a problem at launch. Um, but overall, like not to drag this out too long, my takeaways are just sort of... Eh, middle of the road like of course they're gonna make a lot of or i guess a lot of updates and improvements and that's just what happens with these multiplayer modes but i think compared to a lot of others it was a little underwhelming um another thing they tried to add to this was these sort of destructible environments i think we just saw one if you're watching the video a second ago basically you can just run through boarded up things and they'll just shatter and so the idea with that is they're saying like, oh it adds like an element of surprise or you get a new vantage point and like that's cool for other games but call of it doesn't doesn't matter in call of duty like unless you're camping somewhere and just like i'm gonna camp into this corner and yeah. then when the time is right i'll shoot through these boards like that doesn't happen that just doesn't kool-aid happen. man through the walls <laughs> exactly that's what you do <laughs> oh, yeah. and, and then once it's done it's done and so then otherwise we played this one map with a hotel is or on a hotel and it was like this top floor and that's where i noticed a lot of this destructibility because like you're indoors and there's just like literally garbage everywhere because like you're just the bottles are all blown up the doors are all broken and it's just like uh, i mean if anything it just makes the maps look a little messy so i mean messier than they are so it's just like uh, i mean it's it's fine there's just holes everywhere now okay i wouldn't say it actually adds any value to what we played uh but that remains to be seen maybe there's a map that makes a lot of use of it maybe it's all just uh boarded up walls and then you have to make your own path loudly we can say yeah well i it's uh i feel like you haven't been this kind of mediocre coming in you know off on the first multiplayer preview you know in a number of years uh so this is you know it's it's uh i mean it's it's good you know you're giving your honest reaction but uh and and the the pessimistic thing in my brain that's going off while you're while you're talking is is the question of you know you're you're totally fair, and we should say, yes, it's a beta, things can change, but some games, beta tends to just mean marketing beta, where it's basically done, and they're just kind of, like, it's basically a demo, right? Uh, right. And, and some, but sometimes it's absolutely a beta, and there's major feedback that comes in, so I guess it'll be, we won't know till it comes out, where on the scale... That, that Call of Duty Vanguard multiplayer will fall on that if if uh, things are not really going to change in, I guess, the game's out in just under two months, uh, or yeah. if we will see some of the feedback from yourself and others uh, in the beta that are that gets incorporated into the final game. I'm, I'm very curious, too, about the other maps and how those are designed, because I feel like that's that's been largely a big problem with me in Call of Duty is the past few years, and I, I guess last year, too, was just sort of meh on the multiplayer like modern warfare i think was the last call of duty multiplayer i really liked um maps that was and fun. Spawns, even i played that and i yeah. <laughs> and i've kind of given up on 
Call of Duty multiplayer because I'm too old. Right, and like some of the maps and spawns still just feel a little uninspired. I, I think they're getting better. Some of them seem more interesting, or sometimes they do something, and then they're just like, okay, but if you're going to do this weird sort of like circle map, you also have to get the spawns right, so that way you're not just sitting somewhere literally spawn camping and making me, you know, part of the meta. Like, I just got to spawn camp or else you don't win. It's like, be, like you spawn camp or you be spawn camped. It's like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Um, anyway, yeah, it's just... One of those things, and I, I'm curious what everyone else is going to think over time, and curious to see how this beta will, or this, I guess, whole multiplayer suite will end up over time. But I, yeah, not not crazy about it. I'm surprised to see the uh, the like Overwatch follow the zone thing in in Call of Duty. Uh, it's not it's not good, Destin. Yeah, hearing that hearing that it doesn't work for this game is a bit of a bummer, though. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, here's my thing about Call of Duty. I don't know if anybody on the panel or anybody listening feels the same way, but with Warzone out there, if I want to play Call of Duty, I'm going to open up Warzone and play a round of Warzone. You know, um, it. I have to wonder if that has done anything to the sales of these core releases or if they continue breaking records. I haven't had a chance to look into it. But uh, yeah, I mean, for me, they're probably making hand over fist cash on the microtransactions or the, the cool things for the seasons in Warzone. But yeah, if I need my Call of Duty fix, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I don't particularly feel incentivized to play any of these campaigns anymore. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, last time, I feel like I remember seeing some Activision statement, I don't know, last year or something that said engagement was just up across the board like mm -hmm. like warzone was actually having a net positive effect on everything uh don't quote me on that but yeah you're you bring up a good point though like long term is the current model sustainable of of having a, a new multiplayer mode each year and warzone and then you know having a campaign or or will kind of the business model and and release format of call of duty evolve over time i mean they've been i guess they have no reason to change anything while they continue to be the number one selling game literally every year so um yeah. as always for me i'm i'm campaign or bust so i w i do want to play the campaign i'm eager to give it a try i i can't say i'm particularly excited about it sitting here now it's like another world war ii campaign. exactly it's just world war ii again <laughs> But I'll give it a go. It's, it's the Madden of shooters, right? Like oh, every yeah. year, you know, you can buy your Call of Duty game and get a pretty good experience if, you, if you're into Call of Duty. So yeah. clearly there's a massive audience for this property that oh, continues to be there. I'm just, I'm honestly amazed that there's, there's no franchise fatigue because I feel franchise fatigue. Like I've been covering mm -hmm. Call of Duty for 15 years <laughs> or however long the franchise has been around. And I'm like, yeah, it's Call of Duty. You know, it's there if you want to play it. but. I feel like I've I've done every Call of Duty thing that I've ever. Well, to your own do, point, you know? though, yeah. I think the Madden comparison is fair, and Madden doesn't suffer franchise fatigue. I mean, there are, there's criticism, <clears throat> excuse yeah. me, criticism of it, of you know various modes and things within it mm -hmm. from the community every year, but it continues to crush at the box office every yeah. single year. Yeah. So Two although uh, there's a different. Oh, go ahead, Destin. There's just like what Destin wants personally, but I totally right. recognize that there's a market for it, right? Yeah. Like I may be feeling franchise fatigue, but clearly sales indicate that's just not the case. People want to call of duty every year yeah, and they'll continue to sell. So, I mean, I'm glad regardless of how Vanguard turns out, I'm glad that Sledgehammer's seemingly back in the game for good, because I think we'll get better games overall 
mm-hmm. with with the three team three year cycle, then you know for a, for a little while there it was compressed back down to Treyarch and Infinity Ward on two year schedules. So mm-hmm. um, I, I am happy that 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 seems to be the the three and three model seems to be back. This week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts. NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events, TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash unlocked without the E. That's N-O-R-D-V-P-N dot com slash U-N-L-O-C-K-D. And that'll give you four extra months on the two-year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, uh, let's just move on here to the big news of the week, the thing that you clicked on in the thumbnail, uh, which is Alan Wake. Yeah, oh, his screen fell asleep behind me. There we go. There he is. There's Alan Wake. He's back. And I could not be happier. So we have a remaster confirmed. It's going to be out sometime this fall. They have not put a date on it yet. Remedy, of course. But back in June, Alan Wake Remastered appeared alongside Final Fantasy Remake within the Epic Game Store backend data. Now, this is relevant in that uh, Epic has a publishing deal with Remedy for new projects. So it's like there there is a connection there. Uh, now, a little over two months later, listings showed up over the weekend before the confirmation today, Tuesday, as we record, for PS4, PS5, and Xbox versions of Alan we Wake uh, <laughs> Remastered. And the uh, listing said October 5th for the release. That is, we do not have an official date given in the, in the formal announcement, but that's 
it's probably correct, uh, barring any you know last minute hurdle with certification or bugs or anything that could could bump that back. But um, yeah, Remedy's own creative director, the great Sam Lake, friend of IGN, friend of Unlocked. He's been on Unfiltered. He made the announcement himself on the sudden stop, which is a great way. He so the, the sudden stop, if you're not familiar, is a long running Alan Wake fan site. And that's just great that that uh, Sam and the team chose to make this announcement there rather than like on their own blog or on IGN or something. I think it's awesome that they went to the community for this. And Sam wrote in part, this is for you, meaning the community. Alan Wake came out over 11 years ago. And through that time, you have told us again and again how much you love the game, the story, the characters and the lore. And that matters a lot to us. We love this game as well. I love this game. The remaster is coming because of your support for Alan Wake through the years. And then later he adds the original game was only available for Xbox 360 and a few years later PC. We are thrilled about the opportunity to bring the remastered version out for a new generation of platforms. I'm excited to hear what you think about Alan Wake. Uh, remastered is the original experience you fell in love with all those years ago. We did not want to change that. But the visuals all around, including the character model of Alan Wake himself and the cinematics, have been updated and improved with some choice next generation upgrades. Um, I think, it, Miranda, did you did you ran this one not too long ago, right? Weren't yep. you doing this one on your personal channel? Yep. Uh, I, was, I, I streamed this one. I did a whole remedy thing. So I played Alan Wake and, of course, played Control. Uh, I kind of wish they would update some of the combat things. Like that was probably the one takeaway that I didn't like from Ellen Wake was some of the combat feels not necessarily dated because I feel like it wouldn't have been as, it just feels clunky. Uh, I, I like the idea of like, oh, you got to use your flashlight to kind of uh, solidify these ghost men before you can actually do damage to them. Like that's that's fine. Like these shadow creatures that you're you're fighting. Uh, and I don't mind necessarily that I have to aim a flashlight at this weird fridge that's going to keep getting thrown at me. But just some of the time, and I think the controls felt a little clunky. Uh, that being said, it's totally worth playing if you have not played it. The story is so much fun, and it can be a little scary. Uh, Alan is sort of such a weird dude, and I really liked his whole mystery here and how it unravels and how it proceeds. Uh, if you're a fan of Twin Peaks... You, you have to play this game. It's it's just so much fun. And I'm really glad we're going to get a graphical update. It's not that it doesn't, it looks bad. It's just, you know, older game. And that's totally fine. So I'm glad that more people will get to play it this time around too. And I don't know, uh, look out for Deer Fest. That's a great time in Alan Wake. Oh, yes. Uh, there are so many just like fun collectibles and things to notice. And it just gets a little spooky. Uh, perfect October game. So I'm... Looking forward to seeing this come back out and probably will watch some streams since I did just play it. I don't think I'm necessarily going to play it again, but it looks cool. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, in the opposite boat in that I haven't played it since it came out. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to going back in. It's uh, I, I appreciate what you said about it kind of feeling old in that it just reminded me that when I played it the first time in 2000. I don't know. What was that? 2010, I think. Yeah, 11 years. Uh, it it kind of had an old school feel to it then. It, mm -hmm. it, it, it had a very like old school PC game feel in a good way to me at that time. Mm. I wonder if I'll still feel the same way about it in 2021. But uh, yeah, it's definitely I mean, it's 
it's not a short game. It's probably a good like 15 to 20 hours is from what I remember. You would you would remember better than me having played okay, it more yeah. recently. But yeah, it is it is a is there's a lot of substance to it, and there's a lot of uh hilarious product placement. Like yes. the Duracell batteries. <laughs> Uh, and the and was it Verizon? I think is the other one. I think so. Oh, I forget right. which which other company. Like, there's just strange advertisements around. Uh, definitely, if you do play, take some time and just look at things in the environment. Just take it all in. I wonder how that's going to change too. Uh, just given the visual upgrades, but yeah. Destin, how you feel about Alan Wake coming back? Did you ever play it on the 360? No, I never played it, so it might be a good time for me to check it out with this this remaster and just looking at it. Um, it's giving me control vibes, so it's sort of interesting to see <laughs> how it potentially influenced other games in the future, you know. But yeah, I never played it, never been super into Alan Wake, but uh, looks like I got got a chance to play. Yeah, it's uh, and quite honestly, I know we're on an Xbox podcast, but I'm very happy that it's this is the first time it'll be coming to PlayStation, and the reason for that, I'm going to tie it back into Xbox, is because. It'll expose a lot more new people to this game and give them a chance to play it. And I mean, yeah, not just uh, platform wise, but generationally, given that it has been 11 years. And uh, if it goes well, if a lot of PlayStation fans and Xbox fans and PC fans alike enjoy it, that will hopefully only give some more momentum towards the thing we all really want, which is Alan Wake 2 which Remedy has sort of teased and for years said they want to do it. We're still not there yet. So that's kind of where I'm looking at uh, this is, is as a kind of a, a, a just grease in the wheels for a potential actual sequel that would be a full brand new next generation video game. And that would be pretty cool. But um, it, you know, it's, it, Go ahead, Miranda. Yeah. Sorry, I just saw the video really quickly. Oh, yeah. The Night footage we're playing. Springs, guys. <laughs> please, please go in depth and like explore everything, watch everything. Sort of on that point, too, Ryan. Oh, sorry to interject with two points here. Oh, please. Um, did you play through the control DLC for Alan Wake? No, I still. Okay. I, yeah, I'm not. Got, I know it's on my All list. Right. I'm not, I won't say anything then, but I think, I think Remedy is gunning for another Alan Wake, too. I think that's good. That's the hope. The hints are yeah. dropped. Hopefully this remaster exactly to your point does well. And honestly, it's just nice to get to see people play this. And since control is multi-platform, uh, good for people on PlayStation to have that context for on week as well. And uh, yeah, the, uh, the story is well worth playing through to the end of this, right? My idea, would you agree that it's, yes. it's definitely, you get a good payoff here? Yes, I would say so. It's, a really great story. I thoroughly enjoyed my time, like unraveling things. Also, there's just really funny characters. I'm just saying some stuff. I'm like, ah, oh, man. Oh, you. So, I just hope you all enjoy it as much the, as I did. The, what is it? The Nordic Viking rock band guys. They're so good. I love them. Yes. <laughs> I forget their their band name. Gods now, of Asgard. I think. Thank or you. Something. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Very that's... excited. I get to play this updated version. Uh, also, yeah. where is Crossfire X? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right like oh, okay yes. you remastered alan wake yeah <laughs> where well, it's not, crossfire? It's not them. they're done i thought yeah. is what we we were talking about like remedy is they're, they're good for crossfire x so we're just waiting for the multiplayer or something which i don't I care don't about i just want to play the game, I just yeah. Yeah, play the I, game. i'm not sure but uh <laughs> yeah that is that is an interesting point to bring up destin that this this remaster will have announced 
and shipped <laughs> before we before, ever get yeah. a date on Crossfire X and where the heck that game actually <laughs> is. But yeah, well, I guess uh, we might get a couple of Remedy developed games here in the next s- several months, whenever Crossfire does finally drop. But uh, but yeah, really cool to see Alan Wake come back. Um, I think it is reasonable at this point, given the the uh, multi the, the the deal that's Epic signed with Remedy. If that Alan Wake two does happen, it's probably going to be multi platform, unless Microsoft or Sony just backs up the Brinks truck and says, "Have a pile of money. We want this as an exclusive." Which, I mean, sent for you know old time's sake, I'd love to see Microsoft do. But uh, at the end of the day, as long as as long as we get to play it, that's that's I just want it to exist. Alan Wake too. So uh, we'll have more on Alan Wake Remastered coming up on IGN before too long, I'm sure. So stay tuned. But yeah, that is a, a, an unexpected, pleasant surprise coming out of Remedy uh, this week. Next up, let's see here. All right, we got some time. Good. Halo Infinite, you guys got to play the first multiplayer test flight that I was out of town for, so I want to go to both of you here. I'm going to start with Destin because I feel like uh, poor Destin's been sidelined a bit this week. (laughs) The motion sensor, Destin, in Halo Infinite was revamped in that first test flight. It was different than how the motion tracker traditionally has always operated in Halo. Well, uh, 343's going to put it back to more of the classic style version based on feedback from that first multiplayer flight. Uh, 343 saying, quote, we've updated the combat sensor to feel more like the motion tracker of old, which shows all movement besides crouch walking and should have that ready for folks to test in the next flight. Be sure to keep an eye on it and let us know how it plays. So then uh, the the radar section of the blog post is, so it's only one thing. Uh, They're also, let's see here. Uh, the players also want, this is a Miranda joint, which we can get to her in a minute, but uh, players want the Needler weapons audio to sound more crystallized. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they want more granular control of each in-game voice, such as the personal AI, uh, Spartan chatter, and even the multiplayer announcer. So, uh, Destin, let me go to you here. How did that that uh, motion tracker, the, the combat sensor feel to you in the beta? I didn't. And I didn't hear you guys talk about it, but certainly the clearly the community was uh, giving a lot of feedback on this. What were your thoughts while playing the, the test flight? Yeah, I sort of saw this pop up within the community and people talking about how they just wanted more data, basically. Right. So the fact that 343 was able to make that adjustment just means that, you know, players are going to be happier with the new radar system and I'm going to have more intel. So I'm not going to get, <laughs> you know, killed from behind. When uh, when a player sneaking up on me or something, if I'm paying attention to my radar appropriately, it wasn't a, a big issue for me or it wasn't something I noticed, at least during the game, because the gameplay is very solid for Halo for this flight. And I'm excited to play more. I want that next flight. I can't I wait for it. the multiplayer release. Yeah. Mm. Combat sensor and uh, and and now going back to more of the classic motion track style. Very similar to Dustin. Happy to have more. I guess because we were playing against the bots so much, I wasn't as worried. Of course, I do keep an eye on my radar at all times, and that is very important to playing a shooter, but it wasn't too bad. But I, I think the change will be nice for sure. So just sort of in line with the community. On, yeah, yeah, I appreciate the change, but like that additional information, someone is walking or running around me. I'd like to see that. 
Yeah, I mean, again, speaking, I haven't played yet, but uh, I just never, I always liked the motion tracker in Halo. I never, I never had any complaints about it. So, I mean, hey, I'm all for trying new ideas. Hey, let's, let's, you know, let's try something new, change it up. But, you know, this, the, the community seems to be voicing the sentiment of, if it ain't broke, don't fix it when it comes to yeah. the motion tracker. Mm -hmm. And kudos to three for taking that feedback and, uh, and putting it in now. For all well, we know, maybe the final game will end up having like a toggle, like which for, you know, because there's so much customizability in Halo multiplayer, you could turn on, you know, if you want, do you want combat sensor on or do you want to go with, with motion tracker? But uh, yeah, for now, they are, for the next flight, we will go back to traditional motion tracker style. So get your crouch walking skills ready to go. <laughs> That's the only way you're going to be able to sneak up on anybody. And we'll, uh, we'll see how it plays. But Hopefully we'll get some news on that second multiplayer test flight before too long. Uh, next up this week, new Xbox Game Pass games for September. Destin, I'll throw it your way here. What do we have to look forward to on Game Pass over the course of this month? Okay, before we go over Game Pass, make sure you pick up Zone of the Enders HD for X, if you're an Xbox Live member because it is a free game of September. I picked it up before we recorded the show. But for Game Pass in September, we got Craftopia, Final Fantasy X 1, 2, 13 <laughs> <laughs> coming to console and PC. Uh, signs of the Soldier. I love how you counted that. Can I just pause for a second and say, I love that you went X 1, 2, 3. Oh, so 13. That, okay. So uh, 13 is really interesting because people are thinking that they, they enhanced it a little bit and kind of just did it uh, quietly. So it's actually looking like it's the better version of 13. And then we got uh, Surgeon Simulator 2, Crown, Trick. How do you say, I want to go back to Signs of the Sojourner. Sojourner? Sojourner? Oh, okay. I don't know how to say that word. Breathage, uh, Nuclear Throne, The Artful Escape, Red Dead Online. Oh, that's cool. Just the online component on yeah. Cloud on Console. That's September 13th. Uh, Company of Heroes 2, Disgaea 4. Forza Motorsport 7, that's, that's, that's a good one. Yeah, Hot Shot Racing, Forza's on uh, September 15th. The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance Tactics, September 15th. Thronebreaker, The Witch Tales, September 15th. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's everything, at least up through, you know, the first half of the month. So mm -hmm. uh, we'll see about the rest of it later. But yeah, uh, Artful Escape, that's the one that jumps out at me. I think, Miranda, that's been pretty, like, well anticipated has it not yeah so it's going to be an annapurna release and it's kind of been on a lot of people's radar for a long time uh that was announced a few years back and it just seems like a very colorful music heavy game i'm not too sure all the details about it it's not personally my style anything that's like very 70s oriented usually isn't my vibe uh, and that's what kind of the vibes it was giving to me. And I was like, oh, I'll just like see how people like it. And then if, if it's a really good game, you will pick it up. But I mean, uh, not hard to pick up when it's on Game Pass. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, onward Game Pass goes. Uh, and then we'll, you know, we'll be rolling into Forza Horizon 5 and Halo Infinite on Game Pass before too long. And then I guess the last news item I want to do for this week before we head on over to, of course, the loot box and the trivia challenge is that very unsurprisingly the DLC the Top Gun Maverick DLC for Microsoft Flight Simulator has been delayed because the movie got pushed out 
movies yeah. are now uh for the most part getting pushed due to the uh you know primarily due to the the delta variant surge in the united states and uh people showing a reluctance to go back to the movie theater after it seemed like we were starting to get back to the movie theater now maybe not as much like jackass 4 got pushed and a couple other things got pushed including top gun maverick uh, i think M- tom cruise's other movie mission impossible 7 got pushed as well so um the the statement achieved by or attained by Eurogamer from Microsoft says Paramount Pictures recently shifted the release date of Top Gun Maverick to Memorial Day weekend, May 27, 2022. Uh, as we have previously announced, the Top Gun Maverick expansion for Microsoft Flight Simulator will be released alongside the movie. We look forward to sharing more information. So, well, I mean, that's, no surprise that's... there, but Destin, it's uh, I wonder how many times this has ever happened where the the video game tie-in gets pushed uh because of the movie usually yeah. it's the movie comes out and and like the the game tie-in might not be ready and get pushed so this this is like a, an interesting role reversal from what we usually see with these things yeah uh that that quote actually is like on the front page of flight simulator's uh oh, okay website. well Eurogamer so- picked it up first yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like they they definitely confirmed that this is being delayed because of the movie right. movie tie-in, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a bummer because honestly, I was looking forward to zipping around in the jet, and the only jet on the marketplace right now, I believe, is fan made, and you have to pay for it. So that's not something I I don't want to do that. I was waiting for Maverick. I talked about on previous episodes because of that, but uh, I'm fine with waiting. Uh, it just looks so cool. In the meantime, I guess we can play the. Uh, air show races which uh reno yeah the reno air races yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that looks cool um yeah it's it's it probably doesn't happen very often in the world of video games even you know forgetting about movie tie-in but just where a game will be done i mean it, you know it's possible that they'll just stop working on this now and move on to other things and then pick it back up uh it, next year as that as that new may release date approaches but Presumably, you know, here in September, if this content was supposed to come out sometime this fall alongside the film, that this DLC is probably just about done, if not entirely done. And it's it's probably pretty rare in the video game industry, particularly the AAA video game space, where uh, something will just go sit on a developer's shelf done for a while before they just you know they'll put it out in six months, more than that, seven, eight months from now. So uh, I find that just kind of interesting that that they'll just dust that off in may and and finally ship it out to everybody after finishing it here in uh you know late summer early fall of 2021 all right uh let's move on to the loot box here our question comes from nathan this week hey unlocked crew my name is nathan i am a twitch streamer and podcaster and a big fan of the show and so i wanted to send in my loot box question for this week my question is around this idea that microsoft doesn't have the first party games or the the new exciting game catalog to compete with the likes of nintendo and playstation i wanted to get your guys opinions on that do you think that's correct do you think that microsoft is just focusing on something a little bit different maybe like a quantity versus quality thing are there priorities elsewhere with things like game pass backwards compatibility just throwing a ton of games at people, good games, but are they missing? Are they missing the the target by not releasing these massive first party exclusives with with um, you know huge stories or huge gameplay loops that that keep people coming back and that are regular uh, you know home run hitters like we see on other on other platforms? I'm a huge fan. Thank you guys for everything you do. 
All right, thank you, Nathan. And a quick reminder before we answer this, I could use your loot box questions. If you'd like to be a guest of sorts, virtually speaking, on Podcast Unlocked, you can do that through the loot box. So tweet us your question, your Xbox question for the panel on video, post it on on your Twitter page, tag me on it, at DMC underscore Ryan, and you too, like Nathan, might be featured on an upcoming episode. So, uh, Miranda, what do you think of Nathan's thought here about Microsoft's focus and AAA gaming? I think this is something we've touched on, you know, for the past few years, honestly, of Microsoft not necessarily having the same caliber of exclusives that we have seen from other companies. Um, I, I think it's always difficult to compare with Nintendo because they are such a history company. Uh, although that doesn't necessarily give Microsoft an excuse to not have these banger AAA titles. Um, but that's something that they've been working on. We've been seeing that. I think that's a big part of the studio acquisitions, right? Like that was them saying, hey, we want these different kinds of ideas, these different kinds of stories to exist on Xbox. And like we've said a few times too, Xbox historically was like the shooter box, right? Like it was a very mature system with a lot of focus on shooters. You know, we had some great racing games as well. Uh, but now we're seeing that evolution happen more. So I think it's just a matter of time. Um, I, I think that is the big focus. Whereas like Sony, I think has had that more diverse portfolio for a long, a longer time. And of course, Nintendo has as well. Um, but Microsoft is on the way. And honestly, like I would say, I know, Ryan, you say also the time too, that there are, you know, big exclusives like Gears that are just phenomenal. And I think people overlook that a lot because of like the aesthetic it presents, or maybe because it is a shooter. And honestly, I think some people sort of like downplay those a little bit sometimes in like the critical space, or at least in the, in not so just the critical space, but just in the opinion space of like the stories that those can tell too. Right. Yeah. Dustin, how about you? I think this is, I think what he's trying to ask is, you know, Sony has made a, a commitment to AAA games. They released some really, really amazing experiences on the PlayStation platform. And even strengthening his his question further, because he brings up other platforms. You bring in Nintendo, you got Metroid, Zelda, Mario Kart, all these, all these franchises that are exclusive to that platform that draw people in. Uh I disagree on the the quantity over quality argument because a lot of the third parties on Xbox are just as good on any platform so to argue that they're somehow inferior because they're on the xbox platform i would disagree with but he has a point about the exclusives xbox has xbox has been focusing on services for the last many years actually we can play most games backwards compatible any game that you buy on the xbox one will have a free next gen upgrade including any it actually has at its disposal and just in the last year, Xbox has begun releasing their exclusive lineup and doing things to ensure that they have those exclusive games going forward. Just thinking about the Bethesda acquisition, that is directly responding to the accusation that Xbox doesn't have any games that we've heard for years, right? Just this year, we've seen Flight Simulator, uh, you know, games like Psychonauts 2, which is a multi-platform, but as we go forward, we're going to see more exclusives that are in the Xbox ecosystem. We have Forza, Forza coming this holiday, and also uh, Scorn, potentially Tunic this year, potentially Crossfire X. And then in the future, we have Fable, Starfield, Elder Scrolls, Hellblade, Avowed, Forza Motorsport again, Red Project Ball. Mara, State of Decay 3, Bright Memory Infinite, Stalker, Perfect Dark. So they are responding exactly how 
it seems gamers want them to. Xbox doesn't have any games. Okay, now what? <laughs> we have the games. We have the console. We have free upgrades for all your games. Yeah. There's your answer. There's your response. Yeah. Yeah. Without the need for community pressure to get those free upgrades to uh, to, to the next gen platform too, which is which is always nice. And Far Cry 6 was just announced to have a free upgrade no matter what platform you buy it on. So to see somebody like Ubisoft Please. not charge, you know, $70, especially at a time when there's a, a constraint on console supply, people who want to get a PS5 can't. Yeah. So they're just paying that extra. It would have been $20 had there not been a, a backlash on the horizon thing. Right. And uh, Sony has come out and said, hey, you want to play on PS5? It's going to cost you $10 more, period, going forward. And uh, Sony fans seem fine with that. And, and the argument that I've largely heard is um, they believe that it's worth the $70 because they, they feel confident that they're going to get a great experience. If Xbox continues to keep their games at 60 and they offer games that end up being great, we don't know how good the games are going to be in the future, right? That is something that should mm -hmm. be taken into account. But if they are of that caliber and they're offering them at $60, it's a further value proposition. And that's what Xbox has been doing for like the last year, few years. years. They've yeah. been building towards this. Game Pass, play games wherever you want, PC or console. And now we got the exclusives. So we've answered all of our, all of your criticisms uh, and here's our response. Yeah, they're on their way. So uh, good mm -hmm. stuff there. And again, send in your loot box question, tweet me with your video. Would love to have you on unlocked. Meanwhile, quickly, we'll go through trivia here. There's uh, Andrew from Millican, Colorado asking, this is a good one. Which of these Xbox 360 exclusives received the highest IGN review score? None of us worked here when these games were reviewed. So this is just sort of a fun exercise and uh, seeing if you can channel your IGN predecessors. So uh, which of these got the highest IGN score? Was it Too Human? Was it The Outfit? Remember that one. Crackdown 2 or Full Auto? So we've got a couple of third-party exclusives in there, a couple of first-party exclusives. Uh, I'm going to go Destin's way first on this one. And as, I'll, and as you give your answer, I believe the score is tied, and I will double check. Yeah, that's right, Miranda. Yes, Did I play we last week? And Watch out. Oh, no. 7-7 seven, seven here. So no. pressure's on from here on out. Destin, go ahead. I'm going to go D Filato. Okay. So that was the Sega Combat Racing game, which I remember well. We put that on the cover of, uh, of OXM. I remember that back in the day. Miranda? Uh, I don't know this one. I'm going to go B, The Outfit, because that's a cool name. I don't think it's right. That was, that was my other guess. So that's a good yeah. guess. So you, each of you, interesting that each of you picked the third party game. Just I know you didn't necessarily factor that in, but just an interesting choice. Um, unfortunately, neither of you are correct. It was too human with a 7.8. That was okay. the highest mm -hmm. score uh, on IGN amongst those four. Yeah, Full Auto was, uh, we put that on the cover of OXM. It did not score well in OXM. It, I think it ended <laughs> no. up, the reason I, it stood out to me, because I think it's, it ended up being one of the, the lowest scores that we ever gave to a game that was on our cover. And in the sense wow. that before anybody twists that is, oh, if you put the game on the cover, you gave it a high. No, because we would usually pick the bangers to put on the cover, the, the cover of the magazine, the stuff that we were pretty sure was going to be good. We were not correct on full auto uh, with that one. So, Andrew, you have stumped the panel. Good job on that. If anybody else out there would like to try and do the same here as we continue in the quest to see who will win the Unlock Block Trivia Trophy for 21. 
you can send your Xbox trivia question to unlocked at IGN.com. Please include uh, your name and then, of course, the question for multiple choice answers and then note the correct answer in your email. And with that, it is just about time to head on out of here. So, Destin, before uh, before we bid you adieu for a month or so, what, uh, what should we be? Are we are we going to be finding you on your personal channel? Or are we just going to be uh, checking the, the Destin archives here? What, what should we do? <laughs> Probably check the Destin archives. You can follow me on Twitter at Destin Legary, and my personal YouTube is youtube.com slash the Destin channel. But uh, September is going to be a, a month for me. Let's just say that. And uh, hopefully I'll have good news when I come back. Yes. Yes, indeed. Miranda. You can find me at Havoc Rose, and that's Havoc with a K on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and pretty much everywhere else. Uh, if you guys are interested in Twitch, I'm starting Bioshock Infinite tonight. So that's Tuesday at 7.30 nice. p.m. PT. It's my second playthrough. Uh, as far as IGN goes, definitely check out our Psychonauts 2 guide and all the other guides we're producing. Fantastic. And I am on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. That's also the I'm the guy that you tag for that aforementioned loop box uh, panel question. If you'd like to be part of the podcast, uh, I don't think I've got anything of major significance to note as far as what's going on with IGN. So anyway, if you want to yell at me, that's the place to do it. <laughs> and that'll do it for. Super producer Red, along with Miranda and Destin. I'm Ryan. This was Unlocked 510, and we will see you back here next week. Welcome. You've got the digital folklore. Monsters lurk in the shadowy corners of the internet. Our darkest fears peer back at us from the depths of the web. We can... (coughs) Hey, holy... Hey, Linda Blair. Are you all right? No. Can we maybe do this a different tone? Hey there, I'm Perry Carpenter. And I'm Mason Amadeus. On our podcast, Digital Folklore, we explore monsters, memes, and everything in between. Looking at our digital expressions through the lens of folklore, we break down the stories and communities we create online. And we try to make it a lot of fun. The show is presented in an audio drama style with a narrative and soundscape that's designed to draw you in. We weave insightful research and expert interviews with humor and storytelling. Come check it out. Search Digital Folklore wherever you get your podcasts.